Don't wish it were easier. Wish you were better. Jim Rohn. What is the language of leadership? It is the skills, traits, lessons learned, communications, and inspirations of leaders. The Language of Leadership podcast will help you develop the successful tools renowned leaders have discovered and have used effectively, sharing with you how to be the leader you desire to be and the leader your team will desire to follow. Now, here's your host, Chuck Marting. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Language of Leadership. I'm your host, Chuck Marting. And this week, we're going to be talking about the leadership principle of asking In the Bible, in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. History is filled with examples of incredible riches and astounding benefits people have received simply by asking for them. Yet, asking perhaps the most powerful success principle of all is still a challenge that holds a lot of people back. So. Why are people so afraid to ask? Well, they're afraid for several things. They're afraid for looking needy, looking foolish, looking stupid, but mostly they're afraid of experiencing rejection. They're afraid of hearing the word no. But you know, the sad thing is, is that they're actually rejecting themselves in advance. They're saying no to themselves before anyone else has a chance to say no to them. When someone says no, you have to say next. Keep asking. One of my favorite stories about asking is that of Colonel Harlan Sanders, the creator and founder of KFC. You know, Colonel Sanders left home with his pressure cooker and his special recipe for cooking southern fried chicken, and he received 1,009 rejections before he found someone to believe in his dream. Because he rejected rejection over a thousand times, KFC today has over 25,000 outlets in 147 countries and territories in the world. The first one was created in the United States in 1952. If one person tells you no, ask someone else. Remember, there are over 5 billion people on this planet. Someone, somewhere, sometime will say yes. Don't get stuck in your fear or resentment. Move on to the next person. It's a numbers game. Someone is waiting to say yes to you. Where I learned this principle was going through the Success Principles Train the Trainer course to be a trainer for the Success Principles. And during that training, Jack Canfield shared the story of Chicken Soup for the Soul. It was the fall of 1991, and he and Mark Victor Hansen had begun the process of selling their first Chicken Soup for the Soul book to a publisher. And they flew to New York to meet with a literary agent and meet with every major publisher that would grant them a meeting. All of them said they weren't interested. This is just a collection of short stories. It doesn't sell, is what they were being told. There's no edge to the stories. The title will never work. After that, they were rejected by another 20 publishers who received the manuscript through the mail. After being rejected by more than 30 publishers, they gave their book back to them and said, I'm sorry, I can't tell you that it will sell. 
what did they do? They said next. So they knew that they had to think outside the box. And after weeks of racking their brains, they hit on an idea that they thought would work. They printed up a form that was a promise to buy the book when it was published. It included a place for people to write their name, address, and a number of books that they pledged to buy. And over a period of months, they asked everyone who attended their speeches or their seminars to complete the form if they would buy a copy of the book when it was published. Eventually, they had promises to buy over 20,000 books before it was even published. So that following spring, Mark and Jack Canfield attended the American Booksellers Association Convention in Anaheim, California, and they walked from booth to booth talking to any of the publishers who would listen to them. Even with copies of their signed pledged forms that demonstrated that the market for their book was there, again and again they were told no, but they kept saying next. At the end of the second very long day, they gave a copy of their first 30 stories to some correspondence with Health Communications Inc., which was a publisher that specialized in addiction and recovery books who agreed to take the book home and look it over. Later that week, that individual that took the book from them, Gary Sedler, took the manuscript to the beach and he read it, and he loved it, and he decided to give them a chance. Those hundreds of next had paid off after more than 140 rejections. The first book went on to sell 10 million copies, and it has spawned a series of 250 best-selling books that have been translated into 43 different languages with worldwide sales of 500 million books. So this principle has concepts of asking for what you need and resisting change. Learning to ask with confidence and without fear of rejection is a skill that will help anyone at his or her success path. Learning who to ask, how to ask, when to ask is also an important learning skill. Successful people take on these asking skills as an everyday habit, simply part of how they go through life. They fearlessly ask. One of the things that Jack Canfield shared from this experience was to not assume that you're going to get a no. Take the risk to ask for whatever you need and that you want. If they say no, you're no worse off than you were when you started. If they say yes, Yes, you are a lot better off. Just by being willing to ask, you can get a raise, a donation, a room with an ocean view, a discount, a free sample, a date, a better assignment, a more convenient delivery date, an extension of time, or help with your housework even. So now, as we dive deeper into this subject of asking, we need to understand that there's a specific science to asking for and getting what you want or need in life. Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen wrote a book on that, and it was called The Aladdin Factor. But from that book, there are a few quick tips that they gave, and I want to share those with you today. The first one is ask as if you expect to get it. So with this, you ask with a positive expectation. You ask from the place that you have already been given. It's a done deal. Ask as if you expect to get a yes. Number two, assume you can. 
don't start with the assumption that you can't get it. If you're going to assume anything, assume you can get an upgrade. Assume you can get a table by the window. Assume that you can return it without a sales slip. Assume that you can get a scholarship, that you can get a raise, that you can get tickets at a later date. Don't ever assume against yourself. Number three, ask someone who can give it to you. Qualify the person. Who would I have to speak to to get whatever it is that you want? Who is authorized to make a decision about? What would, I, what would have to happen for me to get and then follow through with that? Number four is being clear and specific. So a demonstration that Jack Canfield had given during this training was that where he stood up in front of the room and he would say, who wants more money? And then he would take a dollar out of his pocket or whatever form of currency he had at that point. But this time it was a dollar and he would hold it up and say, who wants more money? And then somebody would run up there and they would snatch the dollar bill out of his hand. And after they did that, he would come up to him and says, now you have more money. Are you satisfied? And of course the person would say, no, I want more than that. And so then he would get into his pocket and he would get a couple more quarters and he would hand it to him and he would say, is that enough for you? And the individual, of course, would say, no, I want more than that. Well, he would say, just how much do you want? We could play this game for more and more time or for days and never get to what you want. So one of the things that he is teaching with this is for us to be exactly clear on exactly what it is that we want. If you want $1,000 for whatever project that you're doing, then ask for that $1,000. If you're needing a raise at work, then go and ask for the raise and be specific as to how much you want. If you're working with your team and you have a goal in mind and you're wanting to work towards and achieve that goal, you have to be specific with your team, telling them exactly what it is that you want from them so that they know, so that there's no room for error and that people aren't second-guessing, thinking that they're doing what it is that you're wanting them to do, when in all actuality, they have no idea what it is exactly that what you're wanting to do. So they're assuming it and doing the best they can. And it is our responsibility because we are not clear as to what it is that we're wanting exactly. Number five is ask repeatedly. One of the most important principles of the success principles is persistence, not giving up. So whether you're asking others to participate in the fulfillment of your goals, some people are going to say no. They may have other priorities, commitments, or reasons not to participate or even help you. It's not a reflection on you. Just get used to the idea that there's going to be a lot of rejection along the way to your goal. The key to that is not to give up. When someone says no, you keep on asking why. Because when you keep on asking even the same person again and again, you might get a yes on a different day, when you have new data to present to them, after you've proven your commitment to them, when circumstances have changed, you know, when you've learned how to close better, when the person trusts you more even. The best example of this is kids. 
kids understand the success principle perhaps better than anyone, they will ask the same person for the same thing over and over again without any hesitation. Eventually, they wear you down. There was a story about in People magazine where a man asked the same woman more than 30 times to marry him. No matter how many times she said no, he kept coming back, and eventually, she did say yes. Finally, here's a telling statistic. Herbert True, a marketing specialist at Notre Dame University, found that 44% of all salespeople quit trying after the first call. 24% quit after the second call. 14% quit after the third call. And 12% quit trying to sell their prospect after the fourth call. So that means that 90 94% of all the salespeople quit after the fourth call. But 60% of all sales are made after the fourth call. This statistic shows that 94% of all salespeople don't give themselves a chance at 60% of the prospective buyers. You may ha have to ask, and you may have the capacity, but you also have to have the tenacity. To be successful, you have to ask. One of the most common fears when talking to individuals or people about asking for what it is that they want is that they really don't know what exactly they do need or want. And that's where clarity has to come into play, where you're going to have to understand what it is that you want. Having clarity gives you confidence, while a lack of self-assurance, which results in asking for help in a timid, vague, or awkward way, it won't get you very far. Much of the time, other people want to help, and they're willing to respond to reasonable requests, but you're, you've got to meet them halfway by clearly stating your goal and correctly defining your problem or your need and carefully stating the solution or the help that you're seeking. So to help you with clarity and understanding what it is you exactly want and to be able to ask for is I will include a form or a, a, a sheet that will have the most obvious next steps for you where you're going to be um, sitting down and being able to write out what it is that you want exactly. And some of those topics are going to be, you know, your finances, you know, um, your work, your career, your business, your relationships, your health and fitness, your free time, your fun, your recreation, your personal and spiritual growth, uh, possessions, making a difference or being of service to others, things like that. So that will be included in the show notes. But one of the things is, is that you need to also be able to ask in spite of the fear of that rejection. Even when we do not know what the next steps are, even when we do know what to ask for, far too often we still don't ask because we want to avoid looking foolish or being vulnerable, losing face or triggering memories of a negative episode or something from our past where we've asked for something and we were rejected or humiliated. But what if you faced your fear and re rejection? What if you could learn to ask regardless of your fear or rejection? One of the stories that Jack Canfield shared was that of Tony Robbins, who told him a story of being in New York City one year, and he decided to deliver some meals to the homeless. So he sent his team out to rent a van. 
And they came back empty-handed. They said that no vans were available because of the Thanksgiving holiday and that they had all been rented out. So Tony Robbins decided to take matters into his own hands and to demonstrate the power of asking to his team. So he went out himself and started to ask for a van. He was waving down cars, and our vans rather, to find out if those individuals that were driving those vans would help them in delivering food to people down in the Bronx. Now, in spite of many rejections, he still wasn't deterred. And as yet another van approached, he flagged that van down and turned out that this driver was the director of the Salvation Army for all of New York and was in the business of delivering food to the needy. So Tony purchased the baskets of food for nearly 40 families. They loaded it into the van and together they delivered the food to a group of homeless people in a burned out building in the South Bronx. And this was a demonstration of showing that not only your determination, but your perseverance in being able to ask for what it is that you want, even after repeated rejection, you can still accomplish what it is that you're wanting to accomplish if you just continue to ask. Another step in this process is understanding who can give you or is capable of granting the request that you have when you ask. Another part of asking is understanding and receiving both positive and negative feedback. So once you begin to take action of asking, you'll start getting feedback on how you're doing. Some feedback will be positive and some will be negative. Of course, we all prefer positive feedback, so we'd love to hear what it is that we're doing well. But when you ask others for feedback and feedback you receive may be perceived as negative because people often tend to focus on what's missing or less than perfect about what we're doing. That's why it's exceptionally important for a teacher, a parent, or a boss to focus on the positive. That is praise, encouragement, results, money, promotions, satisfies customers, awards, happiness, inner peace, intimacy, or pleasure. There are two things that people want more than anything else, and that is money and recognition and praise. If we're honest with ourselves, we tend not to like negative feedback, which can take the form of lack of results, little or no money, criticism, poor evaluations, or being passed over for promotion or a raise. Sometimes it involves complaints, unhappiness, inner conflict, loneliness, or even emotional or physical pain. However, negative feedback provides valuable information. One of the most useful things you can do is change how you respond to negative feedback. So you need to begin to think of it as a corrective feedback that simply tells you what you are off course on or on your path to success, what you need to look at differently. Think of it as simply an opportunity for improvement. So when you can, remain neutral when you're receiving feedback. Remember, there are ways to receive feedback, and there are three ways that I'll give you right now that I was taught on how to take feedback, whether it's negative or positive. So first, don't cave in or quit. Remember that negative feedback doesn't mean that you're stupid or incompetent or incapable of achieving your goals. Negative feedback is not a stop sign or a death sentence. So unfortunately, there are too many people that cave in or they quit when they receive negative or critical feedback. So the number one priority that you have is to continue to pursue your goals until you reach them. Remember that successful people 
keep their eye on the prize and they learn to accept feedback gracefully. They recognize that occasional poor results are part of the process. You have to look to find the lesson in the feedback and you need to keep going on. When you receive negative feedback, learn from it, do a course correction, and plot a new path towards your goal. Remember that feedback is not about you as a human being. It is the information about a specific action, behavior, or way of being. There's, useful, there's a useful acronym to keep in mind, which is QTIP, which stands for Quit Taking It Personally. Second, don't get mad at the messenger. Too often, the second response to receiving negative feedback that doesn't work is to get mad at the person giving you that feedback. Yes, feedback can hurt, and your first reaction may be anger. Just take a breath and let it go. You want to encourage feedback, even negative feedback, and even when it stings. The best possible response to feedback is to say, and to mean it, thank you for caring enough to give me this feedback. Any feedback gives you information you can use to better meet your goal. And the third recommendation that I would give you is don't ignore it. This response, the third one, is to, is to negative feedback that doesn't work is to ignore it or to dismiss it out of hand. You may know someone who does this. You know, that's the person that they tune out everyone else's point of view. We call these people feedback proof. No matter what others say, they think they are always right. They do the things their way, even when it is not working. They not only don't benefit from other people's good ideas, but their relationships often suffer as well. Remember, your goal is to reach for a higher level of success and achieve a breakthrough goal that is to stretch you. You need to be a learning machine. Take it in all the positive, negative feedback you can gather. Remember to be focused. When you're focused on growing and reaching important goals, you're going to welcome and value that feedback. Just remember the quote that leadership author Ken Blanchard says, Feedback is the breakfast of champions. Another suggestion that I would give, especially when you're getting feedback from individuals, is to make it safe for those people that you're asking for feedback. It's a good idea to assure, assure them of your intentions and to offer them safety. Some might be taken back by your request, so you're likely to get a more honest and direct feedback from them if you tell them, I really want to hear what you have to say. Or you can add, I promise not to be offended by what you say. I'm interested in my own personal and professional growth, and I want to be a better person. Your feedback can help me to become more successful. The last suggestion that I will give you on receiving feedback is to listen. Sometimes we have a tendency when we're getting feedback from individuals is to interrupt, to stop, make excuses, or give reasons why we did what we did when the person is giving us that feedback. I really understood this principle when I read the book by Ed Milet, Max Out Your Life. In fact, he has a great video that I'll put a link into the show notes for you to watch where he talks about the easy way to influence and connect with anyone instantly is by listening. One of the quotes that you'll hear when you listen to the video or even his podcast episode that talks about that that I'll include as well is when he says, 
More important than what you say is your ability to listen. People don't respond to what you say or what you do. People respond to how you make them feel. And one of the best ways to make someone feel connected with you is to make them feel understood and listened to. I've taken that to heart, and I have found that has been one of the more difficult things that I had to overcome in my ability to communicate with others, to my team, to my family, and to my friends. And that was to give them the opportunity to be heard and listened to. And that's why it's so valuable with both positive and negative feedback to truly listen and tune in to what that individual is telling you and learn from it. It's very hard, very hard to listen to some negative feedback and not want to explain yourself. And you may be able to get that part out. You may be able to, at the end, give an explanation for why you're doing or why you didn't do. But my advice to you is not to do that. Just take the feedback from the individual, take notes, listen to what they had to say, and then thank them for doing that for you. I think that if you do that, that you're going to find how much easier it is for you to make the adjustments that you need to make and being able to ask individuals or people for the things that you need that will help you become successful in your journey, whether it's through just your personal life, your business, working with your team, or being able to be an individual that others turn to for advice and for direction in their own lives. One of the reasons why this principle was so important for me to bring to you is because of the realization that I've had with this principle in my own life as a leader, when I have gone to my mastermind that I belong to, and I have brought situations that I find myself in, or questions that I have, and asking these individuals to take a look at what it is that I am trying to accomplish and give me the feedback that I am looking for. Now, like we talked about earlier, sometimes that feedback is negative. Sometimes it hurts. But what I have found is sometimes it's a reality check as well. A lot of times, one of my favorite quotes that I tell people is, it's awful hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle. When you go to a mastermind or you even turn to a friend or a colleague or somebody that you trust and you ask them their thoughts on things and they give you that feedback or they answer those questions that you have, sometimes it can be very difficult. And knowing what their intent is, is something that really has helped me in understanding to be able to take that feedback, knowing that they're not doing it as a direct assault on me or to make me feel bad, but because they are doing it out of concern. And once I realized that, it made the whole experience even more beneficial to me, accomplishing my goals and my objectives in 
achieving the things that I'm wanting to achieve, whether it was personal or with my business. Now I can tell you that having that ability to go to people and to be able to ask, but not only that, but listening to other people asking for things has given me a really good perspective and understanding and desiring to help individuals in accomplishing their goals and dreams as well. And sometimes I have recognized things that that individual may not have seen themselves. And so I've taken that obligation that and commitment that I've made to help them by bringing these things up, but not only bringing them up, but giving them ideas and suggestions to be able to resolve or to answer the question that they had so that they can improve in their journey and the things that they're wanting to accomplish along the way. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of The Language of Leadership. Please do us a favor and share today's podcast with a friend, a colleague, or somebody who would enjoy learning these principles and the guidance that we're giving on becoming a better leader and learning the language of leadership. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Language of Leadership. This podcast is dedicated to help you navigate your leadership journey. You will learn the language and skills you need to be the leader you want to be. Remember, the language of leadership is an art. It is why your team wants to follow you. Take care.